You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNB Podcast. Carly is off to a great start making funny noises on the, her, uh, her coffee mug just got stuck to the coaster. And, I have one job. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, you know. Well, uh, we'll just we're gonna let that ride. I know because that's the way we do things. It makes it makes for the best. Now you're all good. Um, everybody, for the month of July, we are bringing you married couples that are somehow managing to work together <laughs> and build businesses. Um, this is another incredible week. We have two amazing friends of mine, Chris and Carly Marhefka. I should say Carly and Chris Marhefka. I should always put the ladies first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we always know who's the real boss, right? She notices it, yeah. 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 And um, Carly and Chris Marhefka, founders of B3 Gym and startup Eat the 80, a health-conscious meal prep business is bringing farm-to-table food directly to your door. Directly. And I cannot wait to get into it. Guys, say good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Colin, for having us on. Yes. Yeah. And thank you, Ty. Good morning. For- good morning. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. coming. Here. Ty, what's going on in the best of Gainesville world, man? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things, but I, I kind of wanted to take a little road trip for best of Gainesville this weekend. Uh, I was in Tallahassee, which usually, mm. usually I'm not too excited mm, to uh, yeah. have to spend time up there. But I uh, I found myself in this place called the Railroad Square Art Park, which is which is brand new. It's really cool. Hmm. Um, it's a ten minute walk from FAMU or FSU. It's where Proof Brewing is, and if you don't know what Proof Brewing is, they're like the Swamphead of Tallahassee. Hmm. Okay. Um, Swamphead and Proof actually did a collab, Florida Florida State weekend for a beer. It's pretty good. So I uh, I was up there Sunday and kind of trolled around, and it was. Uh, it was pretty nice. So if you're in Tallahassee this summer or whenever, there's there's a Nobody spot Nobody from here goes to Tallahassee. Time. <laughs> I've never been. I no, have just, no plans of going. No. <laughs> no. But it was great. it was good. It was yeah. uh, it was unique. A lot of little local shops. It's kind of reminds me of Grove Street plus downtown. Uh, it's nice that they're kind of trying up there too. Are you going to do a best of Tallahassee tie? No, but that was our April Fools this year. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we got a few people. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well. Chris, Carly, thank you guys so much for being yeah. here. I'm like, who would be very energetic on the show at eight o'clock in the morning? And I knew you guys Fitness would have it. <laughs> Fitness yeah. people. What yeah. time do you actually start your day, Chris? Are you guys um, at the same time or are you guys different times? No, oh. we're a little different. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I start about 6.30, 7 o'clock usually. Yeah, I'm not a super early, early riser, no. mostly because I'm a late night you thinker. Are. Yeah. yeah, and I think you probably resonate with that a little bit. Is that oh, yeah. when you're up till four a.m. working, it's hard to also then get up an hour later. Oh, what time and did you say? Survive four, three or four. Yeah, really, you stay up that late? Uh, occasionally, I, I try not to. Uh, Try not to every night, but it happens sometimes. I get a lot of emails from my husband that have happened over the night. So I wake up and I'm like, what were you doing? Why do I have 15 documents? I just saw you. I had no emails. And now I have 35 That's pretty standard. In yeah. my inbox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I've, so I've, Car- yeah, Carly's actually the earlier riser of the two of us. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ty, what time do you start your morning? Podcast mornings are my early mornings. They are. So yeah. This is early six, for you. six yeah. and then mostly seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah. So I'm trying nice. to. I'm trying I'm a to. Late night guy too. Become more of a early morning person. It's it's tough. I try You've to start at five. Kids, though, yeah. Right? Kid, well, I mean, I mean but Shannon them. really like. I can't say, oh yeah, I'm getting up and getting the kids ready for school because Shannon will be like, liar, yeah, you lied on the podcast. <laughs> Wrong. So no, well, Shannon definitely uh, gets the kids off to their morning mile. You guys would be proud. My yes. son Schaefer yeah. ran over 500 miles in wow. the school year. That is mind blowing. You know, they, wow. For yeah, anybody yeah. who doesn't know what this morning mile program it's is, incredible. a lot Schaefer's. of the elementary schools do it, I guess, around here. Yeah. And they get out. I think it's for the kids to get out and burn off that early morning energy. Yes. And it's they amazing. get out there and they run laps yeah and Schaefer runs at least a 5k every single morning Maddox isn't even wasn't even going to his school yet or going to that elementary school yet and um and he gets out there and runs he did over 200 wow and so he's, awesome. he's four years old he's four <laughs> like it's crazy and that's I a mean, over, yeah that's it's crazy yeah. right yeah, we should have a morning miles. mile for adults that's what we should have yeah Mm-mm. No, I would. No, I would. I got a lot of half no. a mile. It's <laughs> a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you guys, like, we always like to try to kick things off with the origin stories a little bit. Mm-hmm. I see that they already brought us mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Uh, are these warmed up, or like, do we have to yeah. be, eat them warm, or? 
Yeah, you definitely want to heat that I think they warmed them up for you. Okay, so because the food is warm, so everybody who's listening to the podcast on audio, you're not seeing the video, which you should go check out the video sometime because it's pretty cool. these because they have this food startup. Is it a startup still? How many years are you guys yeah, in what, right now? What's co- I mean, five years or less. Startup. I don't is know. We're, we're four. We're, four. We're okay, four so yeah. they're, they're getting past the startup we're, stage, we're which close. is awesome. They're, doesn't even matter. They're crushing it. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> doesn't but, feel like it. But, <laughs> but they uh, they brought some food for us to try, and yeah. this is this. I mean, food. If you have a food company, your chances of getting on the show at this point <laughs> are a lot higher. <laughs> yeah. So, like, just holler at us. And, <laughs> no, because, I mean, we like sampling the food on the podcast. It's fun for Ty and I. Right. So, it's the address where they can send the food here. Yeah. Just have people start samples. sending us It's like the application process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. I don't know if you noticed, like, on the Facebook channel, we're starting to get hit up a lot about, like, requests for shout outs to charitable organizations and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I'll tell you guys, like, Ty and I will do that. At some point, for the ones that we are personally involved in, for sure, because sure, I mean, I know that we're both heavily involved with certain organizations here in town. Um, but I don't want the one-hour session to be all, nothing but shout-outs to mm-hmm. great charitable Plugging. organizations. So, yeah. um, so if we don't shout you out, I would say I'm sorry. <laughs> but, okay. but also, like on our Facebook page, if you hit the messenger button and just say, "Hey, WHOA G and V podcast, what's up?" It will auto reply with a link to nominate somebody. And so if you think there's a charitable organization that should be on the podcast, or if you know an entrepreneur that should be on the podcast, or just like we've had just incredible individuals like Nate Farrell and Neil Anderson, you know, like if you know just incredible individuals, I think it would be great to be on the podcast. Nominate them there on Facebook, and uh, and we'll go through those. So we're already scheduling out through like September and October what? at this point. That's yeah, crazy. so it's getting it's getting really really crazy. Ah, so all right, so back to food. Cool. Um, back to food. We're going. What are we going to try here? What so is this? This is our breakfast scramble. It's got pasture raised eggs. So we get our eggs from a local farm. We have a um, sweet potato, spinach, and grass-fed beef scramble. Got a little bit of rosemary and thyme, and um, I think that's it. So it's perfect for breakfast. I actually eat it all throughout the day because I love eggs. So if you're a breakfast person, you'll love it. But if you like eggs, you could eat it all day. (laughs) Awesome. I'm going to try it right here. And I hate to do it, but I'm not a red meat person. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I'm bad. That's totally fine. I'm Eat sure it, Ty. Yeah, it's for the podcast. <laughs> um, it's really, really good. Now, you guys, breakfast wasn't always part of the menu, yeah, right? You guys yeah. were doing mainly like lunches and dinners, yeah, or is that is that pretty new? Just lunch yeah. when we first started. Yeah. And then we've slowly branched out, added more options. Yeah. But it's funny because. I am not very traditional, and neither is Chris in mm-hmm. our eating style. We'll eat whatever for any meal, but people want to be told, eat this at this time. Mm. So we'll have meals, I'm like, I eat that for dinner, but they want to be told it's for lunch. So we uh, we will tell you exactly when to eat your meals. Yes, that is technically, a breakfast meal. <laughs> technically, we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Every week, we've got like 25 to 30 different menu items you can choose from. So mm-hmm. it's a ton of variety. Do yeah. that. I have a personal assistant now that says you eat this at this time. Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic, so, yeah. Well, it is excellent, guys. Thanks Thank so much you. for bringing it. For hey, sure. uh, I want to save this. Ladies, Brooklyn, can yeah. you guys take this? You and, don't want to have lots of yeah. chewing noises. On that, the not mic. during the yeah. show, but it is excellent. <laughs> Thank you guys for bringing it. I'm definitely going to eat it as on soon that as the note, show is with over. With the uh, food variety, if you're more of a breakfast person, can you, can you load up? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think cool. we have three breakfast options on the menu right now, yeah. but our menu constantly changes. So yeah. we have a nutritionist on staff who basically helps us balance all the meals and then make sure we have a ton of variety. So every week we're adding new options, okay. so you can't get bored. I Very feel like cool. we've jumped so far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's listening to like, what are you guys talking yeah. about? So tell us your tell us your story. Tell yeah. us how you know where your lives as entrepreneurs begin. Uh, began and and why eat the eighty and what is eat the eighty so mm-hmm. everybody who's listening actually understands that. I feel like your story starts first, so I feel like we have to back up with you. Yeah, yeah, Here. it definitely starts earlier. And for earlier on, like, I'm wearing a classic tee on the show. We vintage. like to call that body yeah. by Boris. <laughs> that is old tea school right, right there. Here. Who is Camera, Boris? <laughs> Does anybody know? We, we could tie that story yeah. in. Yeah, so. Um, I've known Chris for a long time. People don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We go way, way back. Way back. 
Um, so yeah, my um, I would say first right off the bat is I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur like growing up. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I knew it from day one, mostly because I didn't even know the word entrepreneur existed. I didn't know that was a thing. And so um, I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my family. And uh, But what I did know is that I really liked uh, working hard. I liked working for myself. I liked uh, like driving something I was passionate about. Um, fast forward, graduating out of college, starting a job that I shouldn't have ever been doing in the first place. Hated it, was miserable. Do you mind telling us what it was? Uh, yeah, I was doing uh, like life insurance and financial, uh, financial services sales uh, down in South Florida. And it was like, it was just like the textbook, um, it was like the textbook path of like, guy goes to college, doesn't what he wants to do, goes to preview, has to select a major, selects business, okay, and then narrows into finance, and then like, okay, what do you do with finance? Um, I actually had a job leading up to college, and that's a whole nother story, but but uh, lost a, a really good job because it was 2008 and um, ended up going, going doing that. Did it for about eight months, really unhappy. Uh, and so really just quit, had what I call my quarter life crisis, traveled a little bit, um, got involved helping out a friend starting a business and um, they were getting a gym started. And you know what, I just, I love the hustle. I love the hard work, and I loved just um, doing something I was passionate about. And the sweat. And the literally. sweat. Literally lots the sweat. Lots <laughs> and, and lots of it. And so fast forward, I uh, started uh, what was Body by Boris in Gainesville uh, back in uh, late 2000, like December 2009, and then, uh, which is now B3 Gym. Um, and then about, what was it, probably about four or five years into that, uh, we had grown that it was it was kind of moving along, and I was itching for something more, which is where Eat the Eighty came along. Which I'll let you jump in because yeah. that's kind of where your entrepreneur journey starts. Whew. Well, I feel like you left out. Some I left out a lot. Of, that was the short <laughs> story. That's the short yeah, version. Yeah. I'm the story girl, and there's yeah. these details. There's a lot of details. Well, give us the long Carly story. Well, then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do have to say, Chris. Not only was he so miserable in his desk job. Can you imagine this guy in a suit? First of all, that just doesn't resonate in my brain. But he was so miserable. He was gaining all of this weight. Yeah. So he was like. 50 pounds heavier, which is mind blowing to even think about. Yeah, and you had no AC in your car. (laughs) So he's like sweaty, overweight, driving across South Florida to this job that he hates with no shirt on. He said he would like take his jacket off. So you guys were together during this time? No, 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 we hadn't even met yet. This is like bedtime story years later. Tell me about what you did. Yeah, so that that actually is true. I was was driving my, my college car, no AC, and it was so hot in the summers in South Florida, I had to drive shirtless to work, get there early, which is actually a, a good benefit of being shirtless, because I would have to towel off in the parking lot <laughs> and then throw my dress shirt and my suit on to go into the office. He still drives shirtless, so that <laughs> habit hasn't left him, uh, but now he does it by choice. Yeah, yeah. So there's a fun uh, yeah. story for the listeners. And then when he was building the gym with his friend Grant, he, they would sleep on the floor at the gym so that they could wake up in the morning and just get right to work. That is a practice that I carried with me. Which for he a also long still time. does. Yeah. I do that occasionally. Yeah. 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 So good habits die hard, I guess. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Carly, um, when did you come into play in all this? So, I met Chris uh, when I was in college. It was my senior year. And I was, I just gotten dumped which sucks. Not by me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It hurt real bad. Um, And I think I was looking for a non-traditional breakup, get over uh, strategy. I didn't want to eat ice cream and sit on my couch. And uh, one of my girlfriends at the time said, my boyfriend's friend is starting this boot camp. Do you want to join? Like, yeah, I guess. I've never worked out a day in my life. Um, But I'm sad and I'm sitting on the couch, so I have nothing better to do. So we show up on this field, and there's this handsome man standing there uh, (laughs) (laughs) with all these wacky tools that he was going to use to torture us. 
And uh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I didn't vomit, but I came really close. I definitely cried, but it's so mixed with sweat at that point, you're not really sure like what's happening. And uh, I remember I texted my mom, I'm like, okay, I just did this thing, it's this boot camp. It was so friggin' hard, but I'm totally going back because this guy's really cute. <laughs> She's like, didn't you just break up with someone? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Um, so anyway, we were, we were pretty inseparable after that. I mm-hmm. uh, like to preface that with, it was very early on in the company. We have a no dating policy now <laughs> with our staff and employees, um, but it was definitely uh, something that we just clicked. We yeah. started hanging out right away, and I was really also enticed with the business side. So I see this guy sending out this newsletter, and it had like 30 different <laughs> fonts. It was like Comic Sans and Times oh, New Roman and Red, Orange, Yellow. I'm doing, like, I've got to go back and find one of those. I need to yeah. screenshot it. Frame it and put it in the office. It was bad. So I'm like, hey, I'm poor college student. Why don't I do some trading? I'll help you out with your newsletter, your website, things like that. And I started helping out with the gym, and I, I loved it. Mm. I was so intrigued by this spark that I saw in him. Um, at the time, I was studying to become a teacher, and very similar to Chris, went into that only to find out that it was not for me. I was miserable. I have so much respect for teachers. It is the hardest job in the world. Um, I say that even above entrepreneurship. It's thankless, and you get paid next to nothing, and you pour your heart and soul into these children, and it was so difficult. And I didn't leave because it was difficult, I left because I didn't feel fulfilled. And I felt fulfilled when I was at the gym helping Chris, seeing this difference we were making in people's lives, knowing that somebody was able to lose weight and spend more time with their children or their families and they'd seen their dad die of a heart attack and it was just a really great moment. So, How long did it take you to make that realization that teaching was not it? I knew it right away, I ignored it. And that's, I think- How long did you ignore it for? Three years. Three years, yeah. <laughs> and I luckily had a coach and a friend, my my now husband, pushing me that whole time saying, you don't have to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live a life that doesn't fulfill you. And it's scary, you know? I, I had $45,000 in debt from going to school and you think you have to do what you went to school for. And that's all you know. And especially with elementary education, it was so specific. I'm like, I went to school to teach kids how to read. What else can I do? And uh, I just knew in my heart that it wasn't for me. But if I didn't have that finger or sometimes full hand pushing me, um, it would have maybe even been longer before I took that leap. And I got to say, I think that's a, that's like a story that so many people sure. resonate with. Yeah. Like literally everyone at some point, they like you find yourself stuck in this thing, this job, this relationship that like you knew a long time ago not is right. not right. But we still do it because we have these what, like sunk costs, basically. Mm-hmm. We're like, we've already invested. Mm-hmm. So we just got to see this thing through. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of people don't realize is that by seeing it through, you're, you're giving up your most important opportunity cost, which is your time yeah. to like start and build something new. Yeah. And so I think that if it, if like people are listening and they hear that and resonate with it, like think it like think that through and what is that in your life that like you're putting off because there's never a right time to quit your job and start a business, never, never a right time to like transition to something new. I mean, you guys probably had this with the podcast. It's like it was probably resonating in your head yeah. for a long time and it just takes some catalyst. It's like find that as soon as you can because living a day, one day with being miserable and not fulfilled is just, it, it's one so sad. Yeah, it's one yeah. day too many. Yeah, but the, so the relationship here is what led really to the push though. I mean, my it question did. to you yeah. is if you did not have that mm. push, mm-hmm. would you still be teaching? I don't think so. I think something would have broken within me eventually, but I think it would have happened later. I really do. Because we all have these internal struggles and these voices that feel so much louder when they're inside our head. And until you verbalize that and have somebody else walk you through it, it's really hard to get there on your own. That's why I have a coach now that helps me in my business because having somebody to talk through these things, once you put it out there into the universe and have somebody talk you through it, it seems so much more doable. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, there's no way, I can't do this. And the second I talked through it with Chris, he's like, you can do this and I'm gonna be here to help you. And don't get me wrong, 
having the financial support made a huge difference. I wasn't on my own trying he's to- over there making millions, yeah. of dollars. <laughs> like, baby, that monopoly baby, don't money. worry about it, oh, yeah. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> so it helped a lot, it did. But there were a lot of tears <laughs> Chris and- Chris is shaking uh, his head for everybody who's listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, not was, a million yet, You know, working towards it. There's just so many problems and everything that you guys just talked about. <laughs> I mean, even like the teaching aspect, yeah. you know, and, and not 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 what you guys did or anything. I'm like talking about like the fact that teachers are just unhappy. You mm. unhappy? They're you know they want to help these these children and mm-hmm. aren't don't have the resources, the pay, the capability. They don't. They just they're not getting it. No. Mm. And it's and we're losing. Bad. I mean, the truth is, we're losing amazing teachers. All the time. I forget where it's happening right now where there's that I mean, massive walkout with Shannon, all the- Shannon, my wife used Oklahoma. to be his, yeah, they used yeah, to be My a mom's a teacher still at, wow. at yeah. Oakview out in Newberry and it's been, it's been pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's tough. I just remember thinking when I was a kid, I loved school. It was so magical and I had these incredible teachers and this freedom to be creative. I remember we had a wax sculpture day where we all got to build backdrops and be wax sculptures out of the Harry Potter book. Like nobody can do that anymore. I had all of these people from the Department of Education walking through my classroom making sure that with a clipboard at this time I was at this part of the book talking about these standards. Uh, there, there was no wax sculptures from Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> so I just uh, lost a little bit of that spark. It's funny because like as you're talking about that, I remember my my sister when she was a kid. You know, she would set up her like baby dolls and stuffed animals and and be teaching to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's that's what she did as her playtime. She mm-hmm. would be be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just yeah. it's and interesting. I, I still get to teach in my job now. So yeah, that yeah it's just different. <laughs> in a different right? way. Yeah. And, and more but more fulfilling. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So what led to the start? You know. Of eat eat the eighty. Yeah. What was it? Where it's like, all right, so we've been we've ha- have this gym. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you you got involved with the gym, mm-hmm. and it's like, food business. Let's go. go. <laughs> yeah. Like what what was that? Yeah. Monumental moment. You want right? to take that one? Sure. So uh, at the gym, um, this is a pretty standard way I think a lot of meal delivery companies start, but I think our story has a kind of a unique twist to it. So. We see a need in the gym, right? We have all these people coming through our doors. They're making great progress and they're loving their results they're getting, but nutrition, right? Everybody has an issue with nutrition. You're not sure what to eat. You don't know what time to eat. You don't know the portions. You just don't eat at all, or you eat too much. There's or you eat the same thing, you or you the don't same cook. Thing. Or, right? Yeah. You go out to, I mean, everybody but you don't understand struggles. the pizza from Paisanos is just so. Oh, I love Paisanos. Oh, we're not. Yeah. Gonna, we're not going to disagree there. No. I will it's never. Like so good, and when you put the ranch dressing on top of it, Carly, it's magic. Just, oh my gosh. Oh, I. So that's a, a part of Eat the Eighty Two is you don't have to give up point. the pizza. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we talked about. And Chris had wanted to for a while, bring in the nutrition piece. And we had tried grocery store tours and seminars in the gym. We would literally go to people's houses and throw mm-hmm. stuff out of their pantries. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if you're supposed to do that, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we said, you know what? We just, we have to skip all these extra steps and just give them the food. That's the least <laughs> barrier to entry. As possible. Yeah. <laughs> Eat this right now. But we had two big problems. Problem one, we are not chefs. We're actually not that great of cooks at all. He's like, speak for yourself. I'm not <laughs> yeah, a great cook. Like, no, no, I'm really not. <laughs> it's like, ah, well. And we didn't have a kitchen. So kind of, again, the two barriers to uh, starting a meal delivery company. So at the time, uh, Chris was training Leah from Celebrations Catering and said, uh, I've got this idea. I need your help. And he pitched the meal delivery company said, I want to create this company based on balance. I want to deliver these healthy meals right to their door. These are the requirements of the food I want to serve. Can you help me? And And Colin, I don't know if you've heard the full story, but uh, Lee and I, I approached her, we met at the Starbucks on 16th and 13th, right down the street from here, on a Tuesday afternoon. It was Tuesday? I always say it was Thursday. No, it was a Tuesday, and that afternoon, 
we sent out, I think a total of probably like 40 emails to friends and family. You probably got probably one if you looked them. into yeah. your email sure. saying, hey, this is something we want to do. The following Monday, we were delivering our first meals. Dang. So, that wow. so we started a like, business in boom. five days. That's amazing. We are yeah. activators. We Very much. She built the website over the weekend. Yeah. We, we were in the kitchen, like, making sure everything was going well. Like, you guys got this, right? Yeah. <laughs> got some addresses. We, we had 10 customers on Monday. Yeah. Like, that, that that's, like, my favorite of all the things that we've done. That's my favorite, like, entrepreneur story. Because there's well, excuses we, well, uh, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as entrepreneurs, what I think one of the things that defines an entrepreneur is the, ex, the ability Action. to execute. 100%. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, when, you know, setting up this podcast and doing that kind of, I mean, it took... I actually didn't really even know I was gonna, you know, do this, um, and then, but but when I I started looking at the future, right? Like I need new scooters for less to be able to like maintain its own. So I was like, I'm gonna have to invest more because right now my general manager and I we were running everything. Yeah. I was like, so I'm gonna have to have a general manager, but then have a service manager and a sales manager. That's gonna take extra investment. So let's start planning and prepping for that. And we did, and we actually, it's on the board behind me, you know, it says first quarter, mm-hmm. service manager, salesman, like going through these steps and yep. like checking these things off. Well, as soon as that was done, I mean, we executed, it was like overnight. I remember you and I sat yep. down and I'm like, I'm like, Ty, I'm like, I have this idea for a podcast. <laughs> and I ordered all the stuff, like two weeks later, everything comes in, it's set up. And I'm like, all right, like, let's, let's, let's go. go. Let's like yeah. do a trial run. And we did a trial one. We actually put, and that was when we had Peyton come in. It literally, I wasn't even expect. That was like a practice episode that yeah. I wasn't even expecting to put out. And I'm like, yeah, just it's pretty good. Just put it Let's out there. It. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You know, like, but you don't know. Yeah. And, yeah. And so a lot of people have been emailing, and I've talked about it a couple times, emailing with feedback on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Just like, <laughs> I don't have any idea how to cook. <laughs> exactly. But it's yeah. like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm gonna figure out along the way. If we lose listeners because of it, it's all my fault. But that's like, that's the way it is. And I just, and I just know that in the long haul, because our intentions and our passion mm-hmm. and like you just you don't stop it's yeah. that perseverance right you just keep going keep going and 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 this thing's already growing which has been awesome yeah so but you you nailed it that it's it's the progress over the perfection right if you wait till it's perfect it's never going to happen right and we definitely don't wait till it's perfect at eth 80 Lately, though, we felt like we've been uh, running through some walls, and I think that's been a, a new challenge for us as we scale and we grow. But we've certainly not waited until anything's perfect, because if so, we would still be in the gym without a, a meal delivery company. And so now, I don't know if you know this, Ty. Like, there, you guys are expanding outside of Gainesville, right? Actually, like, as of yesterday, we are one hundred percent. It's being announced right here. Hold yeah. on, everybody, yeah. get this, yeah, get yeah. this. Oh, Go ahead. We are 100% national-based shipping company. As of yesterday. As of yesterday. Yeah. So you can ship it out, all yeah. over the United Except States. Except for yep. Hawaii and Alaska. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Hawaii and Alaska listeners. And I know we technically, yeah, that that was a surprise, unintended reveal. We, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you heard it here first. Yeah. Only on the WHOA TV yeah. podcast. Now the that's next your, time, that's your exclusive right I'll there. Make it a commercial out of that. Do like a pregnancy announcement here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, are you I, pregnant? I'm not. <laughs> Every time I say I have exciting news, people are like, oh, you're having a baby? I'm like, no, can I just not have a baby for a little while but um so yeah we are now a national company that's awesome congratulations thank you now i know that there's got to be a lot of challenges to that right because you're shipping food do you have another five hours all right well Um, give us the short version yeah Yeah. i'll let you take this one yeah i mean it's it, it it's you think about it this way you've got um you've got a really sensitive product, right? We ship fresh food. So like you have a very tight window you have to keep it in. And we ship across the country. There's a lot of variables from like here to like California. And it it has to be perfect. And if it goes wrong, it's all on us. Like if if UPS or FedEx screws up, like, like yeah, we can try to get something back from them, but like at the end of the day, that's our lost customer. Which is and, a great lesson for business in general. Yeah, like, when when you have strategic partners, like you have to be very confident in their ability to execute because, and that's what we're learning is that like, at the end of the day, like if we send a $400 package across the country and that thing gets screwed up, guess what, we have to replace a $400 package. Like right. not only is that the margin, 
and then some for the next like month or like months of yeah. the, that customer being there. And so I think that's where a lot of um, I th- a lot of companies and we can't even say it because we're not on the other side of it yet. But that's where a lot of people go wrong is that you go to the next level and you can lose a lot of money really fast because yeah. the numbers are just bigger. And it's it, and it's fortunately like we, we stay really conservative. We try to stay really smart with our bets and make them make small bets and then learn from them, then make another one, learn from it, make another one. So this is we said yesterday, but realistically, like our official launch isn't happening for months to where we're committing like lots of money nationwide. Um, and we've been working on this for almost a year. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been we've been testing this. We've been trying to make it happen for a really long time. And I think that that's that's more of just our um, just in our nature to like like get it right. Guess, check, reiterate and then always be like figuring it out. I mean, it's so hard. We've we've screwed it up so many times that <laughs> screwed up a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we learn every time we do it. I yeah. mean, we're we're constantly we're constantly like looking and seeing how uh, Amazon's doing it. And we work with a consultant that actually has worked with Amazon, and they're like, "Hey, guess what? Amazon changes their packaging we- literally every week." Yeah. And so if they haven't figured it out, like, don't feel bad if you haven't figured it out yet, because there's there's always new things happening. There's always new technology, new packaging, whatever it is. Um, literally, we we order from this company called Nuts.com, and we contact them. We're like, "How do you guys do X Y Z? Because it's yeah. awesome, and yeah. we want to steal that." And so we're <laughs> we're always trying to like learn from other businesses, even yeah. if they're not in the same industry. It's hard to. to um, I think another challenge we've had is keeping the team motivated when we have hit those roadblocks and mistakes, mm. because they see that failure mm-hmm. and they're like, "Ooh, that hurt," and it's a blow to the team when we. So, for example, I'll just tell what happened last week. Yeah. So. We launched with the uh, Whole30, which is a nutritional reset program. It's 30 days, it's supposed to help change your life, and it's this international company, crazy huge brand. We get into a partnership with them where they help us to launch our brand on their page, which is huge. We were the first Florida-based meal delivery company, first partner in Florida officially. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna have this big launch for you, we're gonna put you on our Instagram and our Facebook, we're gonna put you on our mailing list, like, yeah, tight, that sounds great. <laughs> so we go through as a team all these things we think we need to do, and the day comes, they unveil us on their website, and we're all so excited. And in that 24 hours when they told us they were gonna launch, we hit a snag on our website, and our website wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So the perfect storm of timing happened where they launched us, we had a snag on our website, it wasn't allowing people to see that we were national, even though we were, and so instead of this excitement on their Instagram, we started getting all of these haters. They're like, they're not a national company. Why would you even put that on you know, your page? They're not national, they're making this up. And so rather than seeing this like excitement and orders coming through, we have all of these people, and it wasn't that it many, wasn't that many yeah, but, but it was just a couple of trolls at the top, then that's what you see. And our team's like, oh my God, did we just blow this launch? We're just missed opportunities. I mean, you know, customers are going to the site and like getting confused and like it didn't flow the way that it should. And I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you never get those opportunities back. But at the end of the day- But it was a learning opportunity, right? So we We take it back to the team and we say, okay, there are gonna be a million more launches. What did we do wrong in this one? And how can we fix that going forward? Yes, it wasn't perfect. But at the end of the day, we're still a Whole30 partner. And I think the interesting part too is that I'm learning now in our relationship is when we have bad days, it's not just me, right? It's him too. And I rely on him so much as my husband and my partner in business that it's sometimes really easy to default and say like, I had a bad day, I need help, I'm gonna dump on you. But I forget that we're in this together. (laughs) So that's a, a new challenge, I think, even in itself. Is it hard to break away? Like when you get home, are you guys still like talking about work all the time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be lying if we said we weren't up way too late last night talking business, <laughs> and then our dog had diarrhea in the middle of the night. So that was, like, <laughs> was a whole nother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Just, like, but you both love it so much mm-hmm. that you don't even consider it work is is what I presume. Presume. I know. I, I know a lot of people are like, you know, I, a lot of the times I think Shannon's like, when you come home, 
just just be home. Stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I I'm just wondering if it's very different for you guys. Yeah, I mean, the way we talk about it, and I explain this to like my friends and people that are close to me too, is that like my businesses, like what I do is my life. Like we we don't have kids yet. Like our hobbies happen to be our businesses. We like to work out. We like to be outside. We like to eat good food, and so it, it's it's the way that people like to talk about their kids. We like to talk about our business, and so it's not. It, I don't see it as something that's like we're always like complaining. It's more about like, we're just excited about it. It's like, that's what we're excited to talk about. And oftentimes um, we do have, we do take it a little too far sometimes and have to like turn it off and say like, this is the checkout time. Usually the one that draws the line, says like, hey, we're done for tonight. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, I I don't think I would have it any other way because if we were home and we weren't talking about like, business or if I, I don't know, we... Well, I don't want to live a life where I feel like I have to check out of my job because I was there before, right? right? So I wanted to check out of my job and now I don't want to. And so it's really nice that I feel that fire all day long. Yeah, it feels so good, doesn't it? Right, yeah, it But also, don't get me wrong, our home environment when we talk about business is always different though because it's always almost like a debrief and a processing of the day and like figuring out like, it's that time to like think deeply so that when we do it tomorrow and we go in the office setting, we can then do it better. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, like I, I think about that debrief is almost like therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And so we're generally just talking through things. It's not like it's not like we're we're doing like strategic planning and and we're not like Your cranking out. Yeah, we're fried at that point. It's not Carly saying, "Look, Chris, like tomorrow I need you to do this, this, this yeah. and this a lot better." Jeez. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm not met. I'm going to have to pretend the yeah, chopping block. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, though. Like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We have a lot of days where the conversations are tough. And I, as a more, a little bit more of an emotional human, um, my default is to cry, which I'm really trying (laughs) to work on. Uh, I haven't cried yet today, so that's good. Um, But it's hard. You know, we're talking. This is our it is our baby. Everything we have is invested into this company. And so if it doesn't work out it's a problem and so we put a lot of emotion and time into that and so there are times when the conversations at night are a little bit more charged than they probably need to and that's still something that we're trying to figure out too is how do we talk to each other about this how do Mm -hmm. we discuss it when i didn't meet chris's expectations and i'm his wife you know that's it's a weird thing to talk about like separate wife carly right now but business carly didn't meet her role and expectation and uh it's hard to separate those two. Is that do you think that's the biggest challenge of being a husband and wife in a business or and if it's not then what is? That's a really good question. I think that it's just there's all life is already challenging, right? <laughs> like we have enough life. stuff that we deal with and then we layer on top of that like all of the challenges of not only just having but growing a business, but it it's just it's just so many decisions that you have to make. There's so much fatigue. There's so much. Um, so you just get uh, worn down to the point to where you have to be the best version of yourself with your spouse and making these really hard decisions like a thousand times a day. And I and I I mean, we don't have kids yet, so I, I can't talk to that. I imagine it's extremely challenging. Uh, but when we do, I think we'll be very prepared because of the stress level you just learn to live with and manage. Um, we we just spent the weekend with my, my, my family and so my all of my uh, nephews, and they're just running around in chaos. And we can just kind of like sit in it and be like, "Yeah, it's loud." We but like, and like this the- is like a day at the office. Like this is a this is a FedEx emergency day where we're just running around. And- like a bunch of screaming children in yeah. diapers to a daily office. People yeah. scrambling, I mean, packing up. Yeah, you know, how you get like pressure from parents saying like, "Oh, like go be a lawyer, go be a doctor." Go. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys get that pressure just in a different way? Like. 
it's time to have kids. Bring us, oh, the, bring us yeah. the grandbabies. If my mom is watching this, she's probably crushed I didn't announce that I was pregnant. Like, yeah. I come from a Jewish-Italian family. Yeah. I was supposed to be pregnant five years ago. So, at least, yeah. No, but uh, they really are supportive and they understand that if we were to bring a child into this world right now, we would figure it out, but it is not the time. Yeah, and, and back to your original question, I think the most challenging thing is just the communication. It's yeah. recognizing 100%. that... Uh, we're both in this together. She might be having a bad day. I might be having a bad day. Maybe at the same time, maybe different times. Like, I think that's the challenge with any couple at any time, but it's just, it's, it's that times a thousand when you, when you're running a business together and you have to know when to shut up. You have to know when to be supportive um, and everything in between. And the best thing I think we did early on, and this was after a lot of head banging against the wall in tears, was figure <laughs> out our lanes and yeah. stay in them. Yep. We do not do well when he's directly managing me or vice versa. I would probably never manage him. Um, but uh, when we were starting, there were I, I just had no idea what I was doing. I went from school teacher to business owner overnight and we never know what we're doing, right? That's kind of the secret. But um, I really didn't know what I was doing back then. And I was trying to I was trying to be perfect all the time and I wasn't meeting my expectations and his. And the second we figured out, okay, this is what I'm good at and this is what you're good at, let's stay there and then we'll debrief and talk about what, you know, where to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped tremendously. I mean, that's a good business lesson because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. even if you're not a husband and wife in a partnership in a business. I mean, just having a partner in a business, mm-hmm. knowing those lanes is important. Yeah. So Shared responsibility is usually a disaster. So mm-hmm. we try to not step on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, Ty. Yeah, so as far as the uh, logistical change and taking it from something local or just statewide to yeah. nationally, mm-hmm. what's been the the biggest change here locally? Have you had to up the size of your kitchen or change some of the vendors or local kind of farms you're sourcing from, or are you trying to keep it still local as you grow grow outward? Yeah, I mean, we, we scaled up our, our kitchen about two years ago, and so we were, we've were we been heading in this direction to be able to scale up, and we're still at a point to where we can sustain um, our business growth for a while here locally. Um, the the thing that we'll always have to keep up with is, is our staff, and so we're always hiring local people. I mean, um, we have 14, 15 people that we employ from here in Gainesville. Um, so if you're an outstanding chef, come come check uh, us out. <laughs> we need some great people right now. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're still source, sourcing uh, relatively locally and regionally. I mean, that always has changed over the last four years. I mean, for anyone that is not familiar with the agriculture business, like that's a crazy business. Yeah. And so uh, when you're working with small farms, you're working with, with families, you're working with nature, and like there's a lot of variables there. And so we have lists of just dozens and dozens of suppliers. So right. when, when we need someone, we have someone to call. And so uh, we have our regulars, but we also have our backups okay. and backups to those backups. And so, um, uh, our, our nutrition manager that, that Carly was referencing earlier, she also maintains what's relationships. Up, yeah, what's up, Chels? <laughs> um, so she's uh, she maintains those relationships. She's always seeking out new ones, and like people will refer a farm our way. We're just we're getting a new egg supplier because our current egg supplier couldn't keep up, and so uh, always things like that are always happening. But um, we just roll and with bunches. I think the the part where we're at now is every day is something we've never done before, mm-hmm. and that's the weird part. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've never ordered 20,000 of this before, but click, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always a new challenge, and I think that's the scary part, is with the expansion came just unknown. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it, we told the team, like, we're gonna expand, we're gonna have more customers, and we had an event a couple weeks ago that essentially doubled our volume overnight, and they were prepared for it. We talked to them, but to actually feel the weight mm-hmm. of doubling overnight, that was a different story. Wow. We had some long days last week. Um, and it's really hard because for anyone that's scaled a business or been a part of it, there's really two personalities, and I've come to realize this in, a, in an employer or manager. It's like the person that, that like you give them a system 
and they can execute that system every day the same way really, really well. And then there's a person that sees that system and wants to change it every day. And like they're the growth person, but you also have to have that consistent person. So you're constantly like hiring for both and trying to like find the right balance of like changing things up and like if you had that person who wants to change it, try to do the same thing every day, they would fail at it and vice versa. And so like, we're always like trying to find the right person to plug in at the right time. And I think that's been like the biggest challenge is we're trying to find talented people that can that can like keep up and like help us grow the business in the way that we want to. Um, and that's, that's hard to do, honestly. For um, scaling it up, mm-hmm. what's been the, uh, the way, and I don't want you to give away all your secrets. No worries. But uh, are you scaling it to kind of individuals or families? Are you guys starting to look at businesses and different things? Where do you where do you see kind of Eat the Eighty going as you grow nationally? I would definitely say that we're we're currently still sticking to our core customer, uh, direct to consumer. Um, that has worked really well for us in the past, but I would not say that we're ignoring the the B2B market. I mean, we we do have some some small relationships like that. We we service companies, deliver them lunch, stuff like that. Yeah. Um we are looking at larger things as well. Um but in the meantime, like we're we're really trying to stick to our core competency and what we know works and where uh we can still uh make a margin that we need to and that we can um, we're, we're just figuring that part out. And so we don't want to jump around to a bunch of different models. We know that they exist out there, but we also know that every new line of business that we go into, there's new competitors that we don't know. And there's new challenges that we don't know. So and I would say that the more we've grown, the more specific yeah. we've actually gotten mm-hmm. with Tightened who we're trying to target, which seems counterintuitive that you expand and you want to reach more people, but we're actually really like narrowing our focus on who we want to serve because there's this crazy sea of people out there, right? And we have to be this voice, and you guys get that more than anybody at New Scooters for Less. You have to be this voice that stands out in this massive crowd of businesses. There's so much competition, um, but we're actually dialing it in even more as we grow. Very cool. So, sorry, I'm hitting mics and hitting the table legs and everything. I smashed my coffee so, cup three seconds in. So <laughs> yeah, this is our podcast and I'm the one who messes up. <laughs> um, so I'm really, really intrigued by this because, I mean, you have all of this incredible stuff going on and then there's still be 3 gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this growing powerhouse of a gym that you, you bought the building, you mm-hmm. own it, it's mm-hmm. over there. And I mean, from the outside in, it could be like, well, like, are you even focused on the gym? So, I mean, you guys are serial entrepreneurs, so can we like talk about that a little bit? Because if I'm being honest, I'm in the same stage right mm-hmm. now. You know, I've been setting up these systems and really getting new scooters for less on lock to where, I like I want new scooters for less to be the number one scooter dealership in the world, mm-hmm. and I wanna make Gainesville the scooter capital of the world, but I'm also starting this new media agency and doing a lot of these new things that are also passions of mine. Give me all of your expert advice. <laughs> like, you know, like how, I mean, you're talking about processes yeah. and structure. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's what's going on at B3 Gym? Like, yeah, we do you check in? Do you really like, mentioned it. Um, like, how does that I, work? I will first, I will, I will preface everything I say with, I have by no means figured it out. Like, I'm not the model to, to copy. I just, I, I try to improve every day, try to get a little bit better, and if we see a problem, we fix it. So. In saying that, um, I would I would use this analogy, Colin, is that back in our dating days, many, many moons ago, uh, imagine you have two different girlfriends. What? And they know, <laughs> they both know each other exist, but you're both trying to tell them that they are the priority. <laughs> it doesn't work. It, and so that's what I was trying to do in the first two years of ETH80 is I was trying to say, tell all my team over there that, hey look, this is my priority, this is what I'm focused on. And then when I went to the gym, I would say, hey, you're my priority, this is what I'm focused on, it doesn't work. Um, and <laughs> Bad analogy. I know, I know, but but that's what it was. And that's, that's how I was making both people feel is they both knew that I was lying, because I was lying to myself. And, and after, after being away for a little bit, Add on top of that another big project where I was actually living in uh, LA in California for three months out of the year 
and layer on not actually physically being there, it made me realize that I had to draw some boundaries and create some true uh, hierarchies of where I was spending my time because I was being inefficient in a lot of places as opposed to doing well in one. And uh, the gym was at a point to where um, it was it was running well, it was it was it was profitable, it was paying our coaches really well. And I knew that I, I had to build a structure around uh, management. And so I committed, before I, I, before I made any changes, I committed to finding the ideal person and I drew up all the characteristics and what they would need to be and I found that person. And then I, I committed to training that person, getting them up to speed and, and once I did that, I, I'd had the systems for many years, I just didn't have the right person implementing those systems. Once the two came together, it became easier. And by no means is it solved, but but I mean, I, I check in there, I, I still work out there. So I'm there every day to at least do that. Um, I'm, I, I, I think of myself as the mayor now. I show up, I shake the hands, I check in with our members, which is what I love doing anyways. Um, I check in with our staff. I check in with our manager. We have a formal meeting uh, once or twice a, a week, but that's about it. At the end of the day, it's a really solid business that I spent a lot of work on the early years building up a great reputation in the community. So we, we have good lead generation. We have good retention. Um, our, our manager is excellent at staff yeah. development, better than I am at staff really development. Good. And so... Um, I, I don't worry about it. I, I stopped losing sleep over the gym a while ago. And so it's allowed me to open up all that mental energy to put towards ETH 80. And now I can, I can honestly genuinely say that my focus is on growing ETH 80. And when I'm at the gym, I'm completely present there because I'm allowed to work when I'm not there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and you also touched in that conversation there about you went to LA for three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Because if you don't know, Chris was recruited to be on this on this t- to host to host yeah. this TV show. Yeah, and it was called it was called Altered. Altered. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what makes the story even better <laughs> is how he actually got recruited mm-hmm. to be on this. So, Carly, tell us mm. how. He's Carly's doing. Yeah, this is all Carly's doing. And I love it. And I've heard the story before. That's why I want to touch on it because I think it's just so entertaining and great. And uh, will be excellent content for the podcast for sure. Yeah. So uh, tell us, Carly. I mean, like every proud wife. I found my husband to be super handsome. And uh, a friend of mine was working at Shape Magazine at the time and posted a link on her Facebook saying they were looking for the top 50 hottest trainers in America. I'm like, ooh, I got one. So <laughs> uh, I submitted this paperwork. One day I like asked him all these weird questions. I'm like, what's your favorite uh, candy? And if you could be any animal, what would you be? And he's like, why are you asking me these things? I'm like, don't worry about it. So I like find all these pictures on his Facebook. I submit it to Shape, and they didn't even tell us. I think it was just one day I was looking, and I think they in the sent, magazine. You know. Yeah, they sent you or me a link to the magazine well, yeah. article, and they're like, "Oh Surprise, yeah, here's." Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, you're a 50 hottest trainer in America. Yeah. Um, what number are you for real? I think they did it by state. So uh, they didn't number. You were like uh, Florida's hottest trainer. But if they did, yeah, <laughs> you know, Colin, you know. Um, so he, anyway, fast forward two years later, yeah. a production company finds him through the magazine, and no joke, he thought it was a joke. He's like, "This is bullshit. There's no way." A <laughs> you know production how much company... spam we get emails. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But the the link in their signature had their production company, so we click it and we're like, "Okay, it's a legit website." So if they are you know, BSing, at least it's a real website, um, where they put together a good fake website. And then then the Skype interview started. And I mean, we're talking six to eight months of casting. It wasn't like no. we just got the email and it was there, but. They flew a crew to Gainesville to film him and see how he did on camera. And if you know Chris, he loves <laughs> to be on camera. So it was a match made in heaven. Um, and true story, I actually got to interview for the part as well. <laughs> nice. Did it turn out as well for me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we got the call on our uh, drive to we the airport yeah. for our honeymoon. 
And the, we've been waiting anxiously for this call. We know that it's coming. I had interviewed for the female role and he had interviewed for the male role for this weight loss show. And so first Paul's like, hey Carly, uh, you know, you're a great girl. Uh, thanks for interviewing, but wasn't a great fit. He's like, next. Chris there? Chris, yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, that's how the conversation went. And uh, so then they're like, uh, okay, bad news is over. Chris, we really dig you, man. We'd love to have you as part of the show. We're like, what? Yeah. So in this moment of like, okay, that's kind of a bummer. We were like, you're gonna be on TV for a whole season as a, a weight loss specialist. It was so crazy. Yeah. So and so you were like going. I remember you're going back and forth mm-hmm. from Gainesville to LA. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the shortest trip in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, making yeah. it in and out and and recording. And then it got picked up for second season. Yeah. yeah I mean, Our- how many seasons are there? Uh, so second. we finished There's filming two. second season that hasn't actually aired yet, but um, yeah, first season was hard because they were all figuring everything out, and so I found myself back and forth cross country like a lot. Oh, I don't even know how many times, but there's at, at one point I remember flying back to Gainesville for a weekend on a Friday, and then having to fly back on like Sunday night. Yeah. And I'm like, it was just, it was draining. It was crushing. But I would say he loved the LA life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He really did. I'm not fancy, but I I did like, I did like Hollywood, uh, Hollywood life. Well, it's nice too to check out every once in a while, right? I mean, we're on different coasts and I think it allowed you to figure out your time boundaries. Like you said, you got to actually be out of the business for a minute and... I had to work very efficiently because, I mean, uh, obviously East Coast, West Coast time, like I had to wake up a little bit earlier if I needed to get on the uh, phone. I would film all day long. And so I didn't really have that much time to work. So I just had to delegate really well. It actually made me better uh, being completely checked out. Um, But also it made me a better person too. Um, I was able to like draw those boundaries. I was uh, able to, I don't know, find some, um, find some strengths actually. Cause I wasn't, you know, when you're in the business, like you, you can run around, you can do everything, you can solve these problems. But like when you can't physically do that, you have to communicate better. You have to find out different ways to connect with your staff over the phone or over Skype. And right. so, yeah, it just, it was, I think it was positive. I mean, didn't feel like it at the time. It felt really stressful. Um, and honestly, at that time, both businesses were stagnant, uh, took a little slide back in some yeah. ways, but um, it I think it helped us learn a lot that we wouldn't be able to move forward without doing that little experiment, so. You know, it's funny too, people would ask me all the time, they're like, do you need anything? Can I bring you anything? Are you okay? And don't get me wrong, it was so kind for people to offer that, but at the same time, I'm like, kind of offended like I'm I'm an adult running a business <laughs> and my husband is gone I'm okay guys and I think too it, it allowed me to kind of find my own way mm-hmm. when he was gone I couldn't rely on him to make decisions and so I had to just figure it out mm-hmm. and I think that was healthy for us too yeah this, I remember it was cool it was exciting you did a little night at the gym we all came and watched the show yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that was we fun. got to use your bean bag premiere, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. The yeah. best bean bags yep. <laughs> corduroy shout out yeah, yeah there Gains, you go Gainesville business yep. there you go um I have like so many more questions yeah. so I don't do you guys have I mean if I'm you good. do we're you have good. time okay yeah. so this is what we're gonna do we have a little extra like after the podcast show mm. um that I call the side hustle after the pod side hustle love it love and it. Uh, I'm gonna get you to guys to answer these other questions and uh, we'll put that on the WHOA GNV podcast Facebook page so go look for it there uh, we usually release the episode Monday mornings at 8 a.m. so if you're looking for the episode it's uh, the side hustle comes out on Tuesdays the next day so if you're looking for cool. it go check it out um, but we have what we're starting to call like our Gainesville wrap-up okay. Mm. okay so these are like one, we need the answers to be very short and sweet. Short and sweet. So we'll go back and forth. It's hard for me to All do. Right? This is, we haven't done this before. Now we've had questions about Gainesville, but like okay. Ty and I actually spent some time coming up with what we thought were the perfect questions. So we'll go back and forth. I love it. these questions and just, you know, finish the last five minutes short and sweet. And uh, so Ty, you wanna go first? Yeah, let's do it. So what's the most underrated aspect of living here in Gainesville? I would say access to nature. You you can drive five minutes out of town and you're you're 
yeah, you're yeah, in the middle of it. Lost yep, you can get yep. lost for sure. Um, I think you don't have that a lot of places. Yeah, I agree. We are outdoorsy people yeah. and um, having the Chua and all of these nature hikes um, and the water so close, it yeah, mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Okay, so this might be somewhat related. It's a perfect weekend in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. What are your top three go-to activities? I mean, we always start our weekend with a workout at B3 Gym. Mm-hmm. That's how it sets Saturday the tone morning. for yep. the rest mm-hmm. of the weekend. Then we typically uh, do some sort of brunch. Uh, we're, we're big foodies, right? So uh, the daily green has been a new favorite of mine that I absolutely love their healthy options. And then uh, we take the dogs on some sort of long yep. nature walk. Nature walk, so, for sure. So um, we can't take them to Lachua because they'll get murdered by, <laughs> by the alligators. Uh, but we definitely have found some really great trails that they love. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What local business or person do you both look up to and why? Colin and Ty. Or different, yeah. or different people. <laughs> Suck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kidding. schedule them for podcast number two. November. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a, that's a good question. Um, I know recently um, I've really enjoyed, and I know you've already had him on the podcast, but I've really enjoyed working with Brad Gamble um, mm. from The Selling Factory. Mm-hmm. He has been so uh, such an amazing resource for this community. He's got such, such a amazing. wealth of information and sales, and he's the nicest guy in the world. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And uh, he just knows a lot about how to how to sell, and it's been a huge tool for me um, not having that experience. So the selling factory. Go yeah. check out episode two. Yeah, episode two. Episode he's two. Yeah, he's incredibly amazing. genuine. He's really good at what he does. I would, and uh, honestly, he's he's probably been mentioned be, be, before, but actually his his former boss, Rich, um, another super genuine guy. He was one of my first mentors here in Gainesville. Um, and Rich Blazer, Rich Blazer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would say he's an incredible asset. A lot of people don't know he he invests and he's, he's helping to build Gainesville Big outside time. of Infinite Energy, but of course there's that billion dollar company. Yeah, he also, yeah. Yeah. Tech we'll, City. We'll try to reach out to him. Exactly. Are you guys uh, involved in that at all? Yeah, yeah. Or looking at it? You um, just got to speak a little bit to some of the people out there, right? Um, you, you know, we're not involved with it at all, obviously, other other than knowing Mitch and Rich. But yeah, um, yeah we we know some of the companies that are going in there, and we'd we'd love to be involved in any feed way that them. we can help out, feed them. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. But um, needs exactly. to eat. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're yes, they food do. desert yeah. up there in Alachua. Yeah, it really is. But um, yeah, no, not not involved with that project. But. Okay. Blank is my favorite gator sport. Football. <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. anybody answer anything else? Uh, well, well, I mean, we're kind of in the middle of baseball right now. But that's yeah. true. Yeah, we Doing play well. Thursday night. Boom, baby. Yeah. But football. Um, yeah. What is something or somewhere local that you love but you don't do or go to enough? Well, I can't say Curia because I go to Curia every single morning. If you <laughs> haven't had their coffee, it is the best. Uh, um, what that we want to do more of? Hmm. Another good question. I think just more date nights in general. I'm a big fan of the date night. Um, I think just low key. Oh, the hippodrome. That's what oh, I would say. That's a good one. We tried yeah. to go actually a couple <laughs> couple days ago, and uh, the movie we were wanting to see wasn't playing. Um, but I think we both really enjoy going to the hip. It's a great date night. Yeah, and agreed. It's very affordable. Yeah. Favorite local beer. I don't drink beer. <laughs> but I love that the uh, Cypress and Grove, they have some kombucha on tap and they have wine. So, and yeah. yeah. One of our daily staff is actually uh, one of the, the brew the master. I don't know what you call it, brew master, but uh, at Cypress and Grove. So we got to give them so a shout out. Bias. Yeah, Stetson. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Never in back, never bring Carly and Chris. They <laughs> plug to no. Actually, actually, <laughs> frankly, like uh, neither one of us are really, really beer people. I'm, I'm a terrible connoisseur of beer, so yeah. don't take my advice on beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys aren't eating and eat the eighty meal, where do you guys, where do you guys go? What's your favorite restaurant? Cheat meal. Nah, I wouldn't call it a cheat meal, but Paisanos. Oh. Yeah, I am 100%. a Paisanos connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's that so weird. What's the order? That's our twenty for sure. Chris and so, I, we had a couple nights at my house, even like eating Paisano's pizza. That's right. Oh my gosh, dude, it's just so good. It's so good. I what don't kind know of what pizza? It is. So, what's the order? I have a really ridiculous order. Uh, so I do go gluten free, um, and I also have a tomato allergy, so I have to get a white pizza. So it's white gluten free, uh, but it's Aloha. so good. Uh, the Aloha, yeah. So it's delish. 
All right, final question. Yep. You ready? If the WHOA GNV podcast could help you build a relationship with one new person, who would it be? Can I answer it in a a profile, but not a specific person? Sure. Mm. So I am really looking to connect with uh, female business owners that are strong, independent, charging their own business. Um, it's wonderful having my husband as a role model and partner. But he's but not good enough is what you're saying. He's, he's <laughs> not a lady. Uh, there's just uh, something special about having a female connection. No, so 100%, other that. strong female business owners would be fantastic. Chris, you? I mean, I'll, that's a good question. I'll, I'll sort of steal that same answer. Um, I, I think I'm really good at when I want to connect with someone, I actually just reach, reach out. out. She thinks I'm crazy. I do it all the time. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I don't think there's a specific individual, but if there's someone that I, I haven't thought of in my mind that wants to reach out to me, I would say please do it because I'll, I'll actually meet with you for coffee. At Curia. Um, <laughs> and I would steal that same answer of people that are um, aspiring or growing entrepreneurs and business owners. I love just connecting with very passionate people that love what they do uh, and just want to get better. Um, that fires me up more than anything, whether it's a student or an 80 year old man, like whatever. If you're passionate, like I want to meet with you. Um, yeah, it's short and sweet, baby. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You guys are awesome. That Congratulations so on all the success and the like expanding nationally. That's thank pretty you. cool. Thank you. Thanks for having um, us, guys. You know, I know you said something about um, looking for chefs. So, you know, <laughs> employees, team members, like yep. where can people where can people find you? How can they yeah. apply? Like any of that information that uh, people can reach out to you. Yeah. So email addresses are just our names at eatthe80.com. So Carly at eatthe80 or Chris at eatthe80, they can reach out to us directly um, they can also find us on Facebook and Instagram so and then of course our website eatthe80.com yeah I'll, I'll always take an opportunity for a shameless plug and just say that um, obviously if you want to try eat 80 go out and do it uh, but more importantly my mission is always finding great people to work there and if if you're passionate about food and you want to work in a really cool freaking place and you want to be part of a growing business uh, we we would love to talk to you so cool. Maybe Anytime. we'll uh, see a post on Eat Gainesville about the uh, opportunity for Eat the 80. That'd be this awesome. Week. That'd, be awesome. That'd be awesome. Thank cool. you. True story. They uh, used to have this. Chris used to wear this white shirt. I don't know. You guys probably all had them. It was still just, have it. Just the Eat the Eighty. Yep. Oh, the, with the, the fork, fork and, and the knife. knife. Yeah. Like, is that still a logo or did you guys do some rebrand? Yeah. True it story. Is. I made that on Square so. four years ago, and it is still the logo. <laughs> so they, yep. had, they made that logo, and I almost made a shirt that had it upside down, like the fork and knife upside down that said, eat the 20. I didn't know, I didn't know that story, but yeah, that would have been good. No, yeah, no. Dude, I was like, I was like yeah. I'm gonna show up like to their gym yeah. one day yeah. wearing this eat Remix. the 20, yeah. eat the yeah. 20 shirt with the fork and knife the like upside thing down. thing of Paisanos in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe in our coming Woe GMB store. Uh, yeah, we did, right? Like, We're just going to troll every business. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. All press today, is right? good press, right? Yeah. So, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast coming out of Gainesville, Florida, bringing you businesses and individuals that just make you go, whoa. Thank you guys again so much. Everybody say bye. 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 Thank you guys. Thank you guys.